everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. We do have a request though, before we get started, if you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando and Warren episode 300. <laughs> I remember. We are at 369, episode 369. All right. Well, man, uh, it's been a little while since you messed up an episode number. So at least you took the ch- the time to look at the uh, the notes to figure out what the episode number was. Because uh, remember the first, I don't know, what, 100 and some odd episodes? It's like every episode you said the wrong number and was like, wait, it's what? Huh? And I used to have like a, a little thing that went along with the number, you know, like episode 16 and Joe Montana. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And this episode is this number represents blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and quote of the week, man, maybe I should bring that back. Let us know oh, in the comments man. below. That's the real, the real OGs. Remember quote of the week. Yeah, that was I feel like I was a little bit more, uh, you know, wanting to share like more motivational stuff. And there's times in the podcast where I, I, I try and, you know, get down to that level. In fact, um, probably on our next update episode, I, ha- I kind of have an interesting random story I want to talk about that uh, is motivational in a sense. So, but anyways, we are on a themed episode today, and we are going to be talking about uh, getting out of your lane. So, a lot of times or on our podcast, we've yeah, staying in your lane and and when to get out, right? Because um, that's the title is when to get out of your lane, and so we want to talk about the idea that there are times when you want to stay in your lane and there's times when you want to get out of your lane. And for the most part, we've been very adamant that, you know, stick to what you know, stick to what's important, stick to what works. But there's times when it's important to kind of reevaluate and figure out what needs to be done. Uh, And especially with everything going on in the world, going on with the economy, going on with reselling at large. So we we want to kind of make sure that what we're doing on a day-to-day basis is going to be successful and bring in that money that we need because I mean that's the reason we're all doing this. Like we talk about all the benefits of reselling, why we resell. It gives you freedom of time with your family. It gives you freedom of you know your own schedule. Uh, but you really don't get any of those freedoms if it doesn't also come along with the money and the success. Uh, if if all you're wanting is freedom with no success and no money, well that's easy to do. That's just sitting around doing nothing. But you're not going to be very uh, happy with that kind of freedom. You're actually kind of shackled at that point because you don't have the money to do the things you want to do. So uh, we want to make sure that we we can be successful, and that's what we do at PRS Podcast. We try and kind of be real about what what's going on, but then also find ways to make sure that that we make more money as resellers. Yeah, and speaking of real, I, I was thinking about everything going on, and I know we already had a better review about stats, but I'm going to throw some stats in here, okay? Ooh, right at the beginning, too. Right at the beginning. So if you don't like our podcast, just just listen through it. Just listen through it. Because right now, I, I feel that there is a tendency to get out of your lane, right? And there's a tendency of, like, things aren't working, things are rough, uh, but a lot of us don't spend a lot of time reflecting as resellers. I know myself. You know, I, I get into panic mode. I remember a couple of years ago, sales were really slow. And I was like, you know what? I need to do something different. And I remember I went to a few Rosses. I did some retail arbitrage. I spent, I think, like a couple grand because I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to make things happen. And I didn't do all my research. I just got out of my lane and I bought stuff I hadn't bought before. And I anticipated great returns. And sure enough, it was a fail. Like I ended up losing out on 2K. And and right now, based on how things are, I would say now is not the time to make, you know, random decisions like that. <laughs> I think right now is a really bad time. It's interesting, though, because, you know, you watch YouTube and, and you know, you may listen to podcasts and people are talking about how great things are. And, and I think there's a lot of people that are being successful. But overall, I don't think that's a, that's the case. It's interesting. Latest GDP report came out. GDP is how much our, our country makes. And it was a booming, booming economy, according to the report. We were supposed to be at 4.7% growth, and we we're at 4.9. That means things are gangbusters. Like, things are amazing. Things are well. And then I was like, wait a second. Like, how is everybody uh, on eBay saying sales are slow, things aren't going well? And then I looked at a, another report. There's a lending club survey, and they said uh, in June of 2023, 61% of U.S. consumers live paycheck to paycheck. That's a lot of people, 61%. Uh, and this hasn't changed in the last year. 
out of the 40% that say they're not living paycheck to paycheck and they're making, you know, they're doing all right. 40% of them are, are saying things are tight. And then the 50,000 to 100,000 people. So the people that are making 100K, 60% of them are saying they're living paycheck to paycheck, right? That's me. I make, you know, I make over six figures, but the reality is when the numbers get crunched, I don't make over six figures. You get what I'm saying? Like when you count in my inventory, when you count in all my expenses and everything at the end, you know, my, my tax return does not say that, right? My, my adjusted gross income does not read that. And so think things are rough, right? If you're making less than that, 65% are living paycheck, 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 and, it, and the numbers just get worse the less you make. And I know a lot of people here aren't, they aren't doing six figures and things are kind of rough. And so they're thinking like, do I get out of my lane? Like, do I need to do something different? Now's the time to, to change things up and switch things up. But I, I, I want to be careful because maybe it's, it's not the lane that's a problem. It's maybe what you're doing in the lane. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, so for example, I'll start with, you know, if things are working. And, and things are going real well right now. And you're making, you know, more than enough to pay your bills. You have more than enough to make capital, right? To buy more inventory. Why change? Why change? Right. And we'll talk about why change. But I, I find that a lot of people, especially when you get on social media, right? You're a shoe seller. You're, you're making a lot of money. You're doing real well. And then you see these people come in with finished t-shirts. You're like, you know what? That would be fun. And look at look at how much money they're making, right? They sold that shirt for three point five k, or they sh- sold that shirt for sixteen hundred, and here I am selling shoes, and I'm only selling them for fifty bucks, and I'm making twenty dollars profit on on each of them, and I have to do all this labor throughout the day. I have to clean them, I have to take pictures, I have to you know pack them and ship them. I get a lot of returns sometimes, and you might be thinking maybe it's time to get out of my lane. I would encourage you to stay. Stick with what you're doing, right? Don't don't get easily fooled by the Instagram posts because you don't know the whole story behind those. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that quite a bit. As far as you know, it's easy to uh, manipulate those numbers and what people show on on social media. Um, kind of, I think the the key here is you know going back to the idea of like things are tight for people. If, if what you're doing is working, it's hard because. I, there's a lot of people that I listen to who are they're they're gung ho like they're they're start starting businesses they're entrepreneurs they're doing things and a lot of even the people who are very ambitious with that kind of stuff uh, who are typically like full send like if someone were to say hey let's uh I want, I'm thinking about starting a business they're like go for it do it 100 percent like that would be their normal go to answer uh, a lot of them are are being a little bit more cautious and saying look like unless unless you have a lot of money to potentially hmm. you know play around with and you've got a lot of really maybe maybe don't like t- go go at it slower and I think kind of maybe the takeaway from this is look you've got to be innovative you've got to be willing to take risks if you want to if you want to be successful and the risk reward ratio is always kind of a relevant thing you know if you want more reward the risk goes up but there are certain times when the the risk and reward the separate or like the you know the the amount of risk you have versus the amount of reward you get um typically as long as those rewards outweigh the risks it's worth doing and there's times when the risk levels go up but the rewards actually go down or or stay about the same and that's when you got to be a little bit more careful so i don't think we're saying don't be ambitious and don't uh try and improve we always think you should be learning new niches learning new things but there are times when it's actually less risky because yeah if the economy is doing super well which you know gdp you know there's a lot of things behind those numbers we know that's not true but in the real world, like experiences, what people are buying and how much expendable income people have, the average American expendable income is a little bit lower. So it, it's it's a tougher time to be ambitious in, in that sense. And there's nothing wrong with that because the biggest wealth changes do happen when there's big upsets. I think we're not in like a, a big enough economic upset. I think there are still advantages to take. Like we've talked before about getting that unfair advantage uh, and being willing to do the work that it takes to to, to be successful. And, and there are going to be people who find ways to capitalize on, on areas of weakness, right? Like when there's, when, when there's problems in the economy, if you can fix something, people have new problems. Now, if you can find a way to fix some of those new problems, maybe a new market to get into, you can do really well, but it's, it's riskier. And unless you're doing well enough that you've got that extra expendable income, 
Uh, maybe this is the time to kind of ride it out until things get a little bit better. I think that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And it, it's tough because when we're talking to resellers, there's like two camps of resellers. There's the resellers who are are just doing it to have some extra expendable income. Uh, and then people even who are doing it for a living. And then there are the the like true to the core entrepreneurs, the people who are are the they're they're going to be feast or famine. They're either going to make it big and be multimillionaires or they're going to just try thing after thing. And it's hard because you don't want to tell those people no because we need them. We need people like that to to innovate and to do great things and and they there's a lot of successful people. But yeah, if, if things are working for you right now, like now's the time I would say I wouldn't recommend somebody if you've got a 9 to 5 and you're trying to make reselling work, I don't know if I would jump ship right away into reselling. If you've got a steady income and you can resell on top of that, like now might be the time to keep that going for a little while. All the all the poor listeners that went full time, even even the people on our Discord right now are like, what? Well, and again, like this is yeah. I, I mean, my word is I mean, I I don't I'm not an expert, right? Like there are well, gonna yeah, be people who, yeah. just who leave a nine to five and and go into reselling full time and they're gonna crush it and they're gonna make way more and they're gonna be so glad they didn't listen to me. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not claiming don't do it. Don't yeah, do it yeah, at all. But I agree. It, it, it's a, it's an interesting time for sure. No. And it's, it is interesting. I, I remember 2018, 2019, I'd go and drop 5k at Toys R Us when it was closing and buy inventory. I bought Freddie Funko for 1300, uh, for a thousand. And I haven't sold them yet. I just kept them. But, you know, I, I, I made all these massive purchases on, on very risky. I would say they were risky buys in the sense that, I didn't buy them at liquidation. Uh, you know, you think about Toys R Us, people are thinking I bought them at 10% or pennies on the, on the dollar. No, I actually paid, I think about, you know, 60% off. It wasn't like a huge savings, but I had to get them in time before the liquidators got to them, right? I had to offer something more. And I, I bought all kinds of stuff and it was a different time. It was a different time. I was able to, you know, learn about a lot of new niches and I was able to, you know, Having a storage unit wasn't a problem back then. Uh, you know, it was it was a it was a good time. It was a good time. Uh, yeah. and- I mean, I kind of remember that Gary V. He had a quote because um, we were talking about like people being successful, and he basically made something to the effect of, um, "If you're in our current economy when things were going really, really, really well, he says if you're not making tons of money, then then you're basically an idiot. Like, it's not a flex to say like, look how much yep. I'm making because it because it, it it's almost was easy. Now, honestly, right now the people who are the real like they've got it they've got it figured out they're they're way above us in reselling or whatever sphere they're in you know they're they're the ones that are going to be able to show like they know what they're doing because they're still able to make money they can change lanes in a time like this and still be doing well because they 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 have that expertise they they've got whatever it is that they need so there are those people out there for sure but it was a lot easier to basically say Sure, try something new. You haven't been in used electronics, jump into it because it was harder to fail than I think is is the kind of the takeaway. Oh, 100%, 100%. Now, if you have the ability to stay in your lane and scale, like now is the time to do it. Right? In the in the sense that for example, right now I am definitely developing an eye for vintage toys and vintage goods uh more than I've ever had before. I I you know, I am constantly sourcing items and I'm making my money back pretty quick on items. And so for me right now, I if if a ability came across for me to buy, I don't know, let's say a, a toy store that was closing down, right? Or a toy store that had been around since the 90s that nobody had opened or something. Like I would feel pretty comfortable buying that thing out. I, I mean, obviously I have some uh, hard cash lenders uh, that I've worked with before that could help me out and and I, I would make that purchase just because I feel comfortable. Uh, you know, it, it's worked for me. I know what I'm doing. And even in this bad economy, I could turn that around and I could be successful. Yeah. So kind of the takeaway would be scale in the niche that you know. Like if you can do that, it, your your time is probably going to be better spent uh, in an area, you know, even if it's like, okay, like I'm, I feel kind of tapped out in shoes or I feel kind of tapped out in shirts. It's going to be easier to scale there then it's going to be to learn a whole new niche and jump into something new. Cause there's a learning curve to everything. If I all of a sudden said, Orlando, like today you need to be a, I don't know, a bookseller. You would probably like, you could over time become probably pretty successful at that. But if that was all of a sudden your a big chunk of your time and energy was being put there, that energy and time has got to come from somewhere. That money has got to come from somewhere. And so 
it you're probably better off spending that same amount of time and energy that you'd put trying to learn something new because there's going to be all the failures. Every time you learn a new niche, every time you, there's failures along the way, which is part of the the cost, it's the educational cost, but there's nothing wrong with that. But that time and energy might be better, even if it seems like a smaller payout. Like if I learn this new thing, I can make way more. Well, maybe, but learn that slowly and try and scale in the areas you know well already. Like for you, like you said, vintage toys. I agree. And on a practical level, you need to be careful because during this time right now, people are trying to sell their huge collections, right? There's a lot of resellers that are trying to resell their items. And we've talked about this all the time on whatnot or, or whatever website it is. Uh, and, and that's what's happening right now. So if you're able to, within your lane, you know what you're buying, making a big buyout, it's not a big deal because you know what you're getting into. But if, you know, you hear a reseller and they're, they're trying to sell you and say, I'm selling all this inventory, you know, pennies on the dollar, on the dollar. You can get a hundred thousand dollars worth of inventory for 10 K unless you really know what you're buying. That's a very dangerous gamble right now, because chances are that that individual probably it has a loss going on with that, those items. And they're just trying to recoup whatever money. So be careful. And so stay in your lane in the areas that, you know, now, if staying in your lane is creating, I hate using this word because I don't think it exists. I, I want to hear your thoughts. But if it's creating the right work-life balance, if you're able to spend time with your family, if you know, you're able to have those moments that are memorable, if you know, you're not working like crazy all the time, maybe it's time to stay in your lane, right? Because I, you know, everybody goes through different stages in their lives. Right. And I would say I am so grateful right now. Uh, people have asked me, you know, because things have been kind of rough reselling the last couple of years and things were golden uh, three to four years. And, you know, when we started the podcast, it was I think it was a golden age of reselling, at least for me. And uh, I had a lot of time with my family. I was maybe putting in 20 hours of work reselling. And now things have gotten tougher. But even though they're getting tougher, I have no regrets about the time I get to spend with my boys like zero. And so, yes, things are, things are tough. And, you know, I have to work a lot harder, but I'm not taking a ton of time away from my kids. I'm still around them. I'm still spending quality time with them. And so I'm, I, I could try to scale. I could try to put myself in a different place right now. It's very risky for me. Um, right now, the, the life balance I have is, Hey, you know, the other day, um, my son had, had a school event and it ended up taking up six to eight hours of my Saturday. And normally I'd be like, Oh man, I got garage sales and I have inventory, but you know what? I was able to drop everything. Sales still came through and I was able to do it. So I I'd, I'd rather struggle and spend time with my family than have a ton of money and have less time with my family. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, the idea, I think what you're saying with the work-life balance, why you don't like that phrase is because a lot of people use it almost as like this utopia they're trying to reach. Mm. But but the, the concept of the balance, right? Like you got to scale. I'm trying to get in the calendar, uh, in the camera here with my hands. You've got to scale. And on one end, you have work. And on the other end, and, and by work, it basically that means like the potential to get uh, money. And then the other, you have life. So time with your family and friends and hobbies and all of that. And there really is going to be, I mean, you can either go into the ditch either way and say like, I'm just going to do nothing but spend time with my family and, and have those quality things. But you're actually going to have diminishing returns on that because if you don't have money to sustain the life you want to live, okay, well then now you're out of balance and you go the other way. You could say, okay, well now I need some money to sustain the life I want. And you can spend so much time working that you've got the money, but now you've given up all the time. So the idea of the balance is you've got to find that kind of equilibrium in a sense where I don't think anybody, very few people, um, except for maybe those who are very wealthy and are able to also not be a, a hardcore workaholic can say like, I have the perfect amount of time with my family and I also don't have to work too much. So you're either going to, no matter what, you're going to have to trade time because that's really what you're doing. You're trading your time either for work or for family. And the work part is so that you can have stuff to do with your family. And so there are going to be seasons when you just have to work more, right? There's there's times where you just have to work more in order to make ends meet. But the problem is some people get so ambitious and so 
focus on the work part that they miss out, right? They miss, so is there this perfect utopia? Probably not for most people, but the you can and should be able to find that balance where you say, okay, I could spend more time in work, but there's diminishing returns. Now I have X amount more dollars, but it my life quality has gone down. And that's what you're really looking for. Like if I have more money, but now I have so much less time with my family that it's not worth it. And you've got to find that 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 sweet spot as much as you possibly can, recognizing there are going to be seasons where maybe there's more work and and you just have to deal with that. You just don't want to stay there. And so yeah, if you're in a position right now where the amount you have coming in from reselling is enough to kind of sustain the life that's comfortable um, or that you're happy with, then yeah, there's no reason to push too much harder than that other than to you know have the uh, some extra safe money in case things go bad. And, and I, I hope, I, I think, I don't want this podcast to come off so negative uh, because... Is it coming off a lot of? Well, I think a lot of... The thing is, a lot of resellers are experiencing hard times, but then again, there's a lot who are, are being really successful. And beyond that, I think it's important for us to remember too, like, like going back to the beginning of our podcast, yeah, things may have been easier reselling-wise then, but all of the principles are still there. And I think it's 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 one of those things where I, I don't want it to make it seem like you can't be successful. There, there yeah, are people like if you're young, if you're young, you don't have a family, man, go hard. Just just pour it all out, leave it all out there, and 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 you'll be fine. If your kids are grown, all of those things. Uh, but yeah, if you've got other life responsibilities currently, it might not be the time to say, hey, I'm gonna go. If I if I put an extra thirty hours a week into reselling, we're going to be millionaires. I, I don't know if we're there. I don't know if the economy is at that point now. Maybe if things were booming, it'd be a little bit easier to say, "Hey, if I worked an extra ten hours a week, we could have a lot more money." Uh, and I, you're just going to have some diminishing returns, and so you got to be careful with that. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Hey, before we move on though, there is something that will definitely allow you to stay in your lane, and it's my reseller genie. And my reseller genie is such an amazing tool. Uh, you know, we all were sad when uh, GoDaddy Bookkeeping went away and then, you know, uh, my reseller genie stepped up and it definitely helped us out. It was beautiful for me. You know, I had my I did my taxes recently and it was so nice to just be able to import everything and keep track of everything. And when it was time to do my taxes, I just handed over all my fees were there, my cost of goods. And not only that, throughout the year, I was able to keep track of my my profit and loss. I was able to keep track of my other expenses without having to deal with spreadsheets or anything. Very simple. And so if you haven't had a chance yet and you haven't checked out my reseller genie, uh, check them out for 15% off for the first month. You can use our code pure hustle, all caps in the link below. Again, go to my reseller genie, use our code pure hustle, all caps for 15% off the first month. And if you're new to reselling, be aware 2024 is when that $600 threshold is supposed to hit. And every reselling platform, is going to be sending 1099s to you and the government. So you want to make sure you're ready for that. And my reseller genie will help you make sure you're all good. Yeah. All right. Now, what do you think about this? Do you think as long as you're still motivated, you should just stay in your lane? Um, I mean, kind of. So I'm not a huge... I'm not a huge fan of just motivation. Oh, I right. feel like I, I'm I'm not, I'm more of the discipline guy, um, but I do understand the importance of of motivation as a tool uh, to help with times when when you have to force yourself into discipline, which is what discipline is. So I, I think I, I'm one of those people where you've got to do what you've got to do. You've got to work hard sometimes, and um, yeah, if you're enjoying what you're doing, that's definitely a reason to stay in. So maybe if that's where you're going with. So if you're if you're motivated to keep, you know, selling, flipping those VCRs because you like cleaning them and you like checking them and you like finding the rare ones and it, it, that's just your niche and, and it's exciting to you. Absolutely. If it's something you enjoy doing, then you're going to have an easier time doing it. Uh, and that's, of course, going to be more of a reason to keep doing what you're doing. But I'm also of the mindset that even if you don't love what you're doing, per se, um, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't love the like, for instance, uh, if you're a janitor, right, like you might be making pretty good money. You might own your own janitorial business. And it's like, I don't love cleaning gum off floor, but I love owning my own business. And I love the fact that I get to set my hours and I love the fact that. And so sometimes the motivation isn't the thing itself that you're doing, but it's the it's the 
freedom it gives you. Like we talked about with Resound, like the motivation can be, I'm getting out of debt. Like I, you know what, if it came down to, I just had to sit here and do something boring for 10 hours, but it got me out of debt. Like that could be your motivation. So yes, I think that if you enjoy what it is you're doing, it's going to, of course it's going to be easier, but also if you know where it is you're aiming for and the thing you're doing is helping you get there, then um, sometimes I think you might just have to suck it up and just keep going. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Now this last one is, I think it's going to be the most difficult one before we move into our hustle of the week is you need to stay in your lane. As long as you realize that you've done everything to be successful in that lane. So what I mean is this, so I, I myself, you know, there's times and things are slow. And the reason why things are slow on eBay, it's not because eBay slow is because I'm slow. <laughs> I haven't listed. I haven't consistently sourced, you know. And so I, I tell people all the time when people are like, oh, reselling is not working for me. I'm like, are you actually giving it 110 percent? Are you actually sourcing items and you're making sure you're checking, you know, comps, you're checking sell through rate, you're doing research on therapy? on worth point are you making sure that you're listing daily like and we've said you know our last episode that listing daily doesn't guarantee sales but it definitely helps right ebay likes that activity and you need to have items out there for people to buy so are you doing that are you promoting your listings are you offering great customer service are you doing the almost everything right in your reselling journey and if you're not then I would say stay in your lane until you have all have exhausted every avenue. And then maybe it's time to go, you know what? Maybe it's time for me to do something different in, in reselling. Yeah, no, I, I think that's good. I think that kind of almost that stoic mentality of there's certain things you can control and certain things you can't. And the temptation that most people have is to, and sometimes it's legitimate things like there's hard things going on, even like us at the beginning of the episode. And I feel like we can, in some ways we can even learn from this too, is that yes, we could point to the economy. We can point to geo, you know, political stuff. We could point to uh, whatever it is, eBay's new policies. You could point to anything and say like, this is making it harder. And you might be right. Like there might be things that legitimately you can like from the outside, somebody unbiased can look at and say, yeah, that does make things harder. But unless you're in a position to actually change any of those things, like sitting there and just complaining about them does nothing. Like there's one thing to recognize, like, Hey, there's these new obstacles in my way, but the only thing you can do and the only thing you're responsible for is how you react to those obstacles. So if you've done everything you can do to react to them and to, to put yourself in the best position possible. And then you're right. If, if after all of that and you can genuinely say, I've done everything I could possibly do and I'm not pointing the finger anywhere, but myself, then yeah, maybe, maybe this is just the wrong game. Cause I, I was listening to a while back, uh, a, a Jocko Willink podcast going back to Jocko Willink. I love some of his stuff. And he was talking about like playing different games and, and sometimes, sometimes you're playing the wrong game. He's like, you could, you could be like, he used the analogy of something like uh, basketball versus soccer. And if, if you're, if the idea is like a goal, like scoring is like making money, like you could be an amazing soccer player in life uh, and, and over the course of, you know, a season, make two or three goals. And that's like really good job. And you're crushing it. Or there's the basketball player who in a game is scoring 40, 50, 60 points. And in the game of life, like you could be playing the wrong game. Like me as a teacher, I know there a hundred percent. I know there are times where I'm putting in 50, 60 hour weeks and I am just pouring my heart and soul and just a, um, a level of, of energy into this job. And I'm making very small amount of money compared to that. So I'm not going to complain about that because that's the game I chose to play. Now, if I, I put that same amount of energy and effort into, I don't know, if I was working at a Fortune 500 company and I was trying to work my way up the, the ladder, I'd probably be making way more because I chose to play a different game. So kind of going in that same idea is be consistent and, and evaluate the game you're playing. Like, yeah, maybe the lane you're in uh, is not the right one. But if you've chosen this lane and this is where you want to be... Make sure you've done everything you could possibly do to be successful there before you jump ship. Because maybe you are playing the wrong game and you have to evaluate that um, based off what your goals are. But if this is where you want to be, if this is the thing you want to sell um, or not even just want to sell, but this is the thing you know, then the grass isn't always greener. You could choose to play a different game. You could choose to try something else in reselling and fail too because all those same obstacles might be there. Yeah, it's, And it, the whole time it's things you have to change. It's wild to me. And, and, and this is going to come off like a rant, but, you know, 
in the last two, three months, I've been watching a few YouTubes and 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 hearing people, you know, with they have like thousands of inventory like me or even far larger stores than I do and complaining about having zero sale days and, and complain about, you know, having one or two. And and then they'll say, well, I haven't really listed in a week or I've gone to people's stores and I'll look at what they have. And I'm like, well, of course, because these items they've sold maybe once over the last 90 days or once in the last two years, or maybe these are items that people don't even, there's no reason people will be looking for these items. And, and, and sometimes some individuals get them for super cheap and they're like, I got it for so cheap. I might as well, you know, list it. But the reality is there are some things you probably shouldn't even list. Uh, I went through this uh, yesterday. I was, I was listing a bunch of items I had picked up, uh, you know, the great courses. I think I mentioned this high. I ended up picking up like three boxes full of the great courses. They're the, these basically college classes that, that are on DVDs and they're super slow sellers, but they could be profitable, especially got them for free. Well, there are some of them there. You know, I would have made 10 or 20 bucks, but one out of 50 had sold in the last 90 days. And I just I, I'm not going to list it. Like All it's going to do is, is drag my store down. But there are some people that will still list multiples of items like that and they'll play the long tail game and it's going to hurt them in the end. And so they haven't truly reflected on their lane and I'm guilty of it too. So whenever I say this, I'm talking to myself. I, I've done the thing where I've gotten this huge haul and I'm like, well, yeah, only one has sold in the last two years, but I got it for pennies on the dollar. That might as well list it. So I spent all this energy on an item that's probably not going to make me profit anytime soon. And so I need to make sure that I, I'm I'm doing the right things within my lane before I start looking out and going, well, maybe I need to do something else. So hopefully that was helpful to some of you. If you disagree, let me know in the comments. So, hey, uh, before we move on, I got to tell you, I, I am enjoying the discussion on our Discord. I love how it coasts, you know, sometimes uh, I get in there and there's these conversations. And I'm like, wow, I wanted to interject, but somebody said things ahead of me and I don't need to say anything. And so if you haven't had a chance yet to help us out uh, and support us on Patreon, uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash podcast or go to the link below for $5.55 a month. That helps us continue getting the equipment that we need to provide that quality sound, quality video, uh, allows us to pay for servers, allows us to just open up opportunities. And so uh, you can join us again, link below for $5.55 a month. Uh, we're also on all social media as Purosa Podcast, except on X, we are Purosa Cast. And as always, you can give us a call 619-73-1170. That's 619-73-1170. Or you can just shoot us an email at purestofpodcast at gmail.com. That's purestofpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to the podcast, uh, but you've never jumped on over to YouTube, jump on over. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Do you regret jumping over to YouTube? Uh, are, are, we, are our faces made for podcasts more? Let us know. I'm open to that conversation. And as and always, face for radio, face for radio. That's what it is. Or, uh, but hey, but before you go, make sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that like button and uh, smash that bell notification, whatever way you want to do it. Uh, just, you know, so you're notified whenever something drops. And as always, thankful for the iTunes reviews. We haven't received a lot lately. I know people are super busy, but if you ever get a chance, uh, jump on over and let people know why you love the podcast and, and, and you know, hit those five stars. Uh, and uh, I just want to share uh, one or two of them recently that we received. Uh, one. <laughs> and so this past October, and we were like climbing and then, you know, things get busy or maybe people are like, ah, I'm done. But I like this one because when I hear from a former lawyer who could be killing it, do, you know, in law, but they decided to go reselling. I'm like, wow, this means a lot. So uh, this comes from judge, jury and reseller. And they said life changing dash for real. So they said <laughs> long time listener, first time commenter, long overdue comment for those for these two legit reselling content providers. Mike and Orlando are gem mint status in my first edition book. Wow. I began listening December pre COVID stifled in a corporate lawyer position. I had recently came upon a hoarder house that needed clearing with my dad. A black snow snowboard and an eBay cha-ching was all it took to get me hooked. I needed more information on how eBay worked, and this is where I got it. 
Mike and Orlando keep me up to date on reselling when I am too busy. If you're wondering how reselling is done, this is the unveiled Rosetta Stone. Okay, I catched the pun there because uh, you know you get Vero's if you sell Rosetta yep, Stone. Yep. Uh, I can tell this guy's a lawyer or gal's a lawyer because the way they wrote is is very well written. Top notch. It is. Yeah. It is. That's awesome. Said I, I quit my legal profession and resell full time with the help of these guys. I didn't even have to take a pay cut which is amazing to me because I follow their making the jump advice. I know I now enjoy my job because of these guys. The content is fantastic. And now that Mike is a bins guy, are you a bins guy now, Mike? Yeah, I'm moving that direction. And Orlando's going back to Amazon. Okay. I'm trying to stay tuned for the update episode next week. It is going to get even better. Thanks a million. Well, thanks so much for the kind review. And uh, yeah, and that goes to show too that like uh you know everything we're saying you know you got to take it at a case-by-case basis um in the sense that i mean look at this like here's somebody who obviously that was a good time to start uh but they're they're just now leaving a message which means they're still doing it they're still killing it as a reseller Mm -hmm. they found a lane to get into and maybe they've moved maybe they're kind of switching around a little bit but but they're making it work so please do not hear mike and orlando say like I, i sometimes i feel like you can feel doomsday but it's because we're trying to to be realistic with what's going on right now uh and a lot of people are hurting and having a hard time but that doesn't mean that it's not doable it doesn't mean that there's not success and like i said before a lot of times it's in the in the most difficult times whatever the situation is whether it's the economy or other things that people are able to make the biggest moves and so if you've got that killer instinct and you're willing to do what it takes man you can you can really be successful and make money no agreed and people, like I said, you know, it, it is it is interesting how being real is seen as a negative, right, in the reselling community. And I understand that because there is a ton of negativity in the reselling community. If you want it, you can find it. But, uh, you know, Mike and I have always said we just want to document our journey. And this is just part of the journey. So I already talk about some uh, things that people really look forward to. Maybe they just fast forward on the episode. Yeah. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah, hustle of the week. Uh, so again, uh, to, to make sure we're not all doomsday, we, we love to, to celebrate hustles. And uh, not every single day and every single deal is going to be a home run hit. But it is good to know that even if you're not having them, they're still happening on a daily basis for people who are out there working hard, grinding, making it happen. And so we're going to be sharing a few of these today. Uh, I'm going to kind of uh, make the screen a little bigger here because I uh, gotta try and read this. My eyes are, I wear glasses, but I take them off with the light because it uh, shines in there. So let me see here. All right. So our first one uh, comes from Hustleman25 on Instagram. He says, I went out to my first weekend yard sale here in Arizona. At this yard sale, you had to go to the backyard. Once there, there was mountains and mountains of women's clothes, which is hard to pass for me as I was taking off. Um, I start as I was taken off, I started scanning the floor and to my surprise, I saw a suitcase, uh, which I was hoping it was a Halle Burton case, but it wasn't like Halberton. Oh, like, gotcha. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so I ended, uh, ended putting the case back down while walking out of the sale. I had this inclination that if I had the, had the look of a Halle Burton, Halberton, it might be worth something. So I went back. What is it? Halliburton? Halliburton, like the the company that took over Iraq after the war in Iraq. Halliburton, got it. Uh, It might be worth something. So I went back and after um, comping it, I was shocked at the comps of over a grand. So I asked the lady who appeared to be in a hurry how much for the case. She said that, uh, give me a buck. What a start to the yard sale season. Priced it for 800 and sold overnight. It was a Ramoa original trunk suitcase with aluminum, topos, check-in, multi-wheel, no key. So I probably did underprice it, but the ROI in such a quick t- turnover doesn't get better than that. Man, to go from a dollar to 800 bucks, that is incredible. And, and and two, the fact that, yeah, I mean, that's again why you, uh, you ask them for the number, right? Because you could have easily seen, oh, this is an expensive case. And maybe you said something like, would you take 100 for this? So never give the first number because you never know what you're going to get. The person was happy for their dollar. Obviously, uh, Hustleman25 is happy with their $800 overnight too, man. What a what a deal. That's beautiful. That is, that's, 
those are hustles of the week. Now there are a lot of hustles of the week, but that's just what I mean. And and again, you followed your intuition. I can't tell you how many times I've walked away and then I go, maybe I should look that up one more time, and then end up being a score. So always do that double that double glance. So nice work there. All right. So this comes from Junkin Johnny on Instagram, and I I think this reseller is next level where it's like kind of where I want to be like this guy should have his own show. Uh, if you haven't followed Junkin dot and that's without a G at the end, Junkin dot Johnny on Instagram, you should check out his page because some of his uh, reels are like, uh, it's like I'm watching American pickers. Um, just started listening to the podcast in general. I was looking for something that was my wheelhouse. Y'all are it been doing this 15 years full time. I always love it when I hear from people that are full time resellers and they still find something in the podcast. Um, bought 1,200, 1,200 antique coffee cans for $16,000. Okay, so we're not talking about, you know, <laughs> like I said, this is different. This is a mover. This is a mover. Sold the first 22 cans on eBay uh, this last Sunday for $1,600. So Jeez. he sold about 2% of what he picked up for $16,000. It was a unique score. Uh, he believes he should grow us 50 to 60 K man. Okay. And so, and he did say it's going to be about five K in labor having his, his, his girls list them. Uh, so he has employees and, uh, it's just said, feel free to share, quit learning, quit living, love your show. Sounds like a round table. My close friends. Cheers. And love I remember it. when he said, this, I looked at this, I'm like, okay, this is far beyond anything. I've, I mean, I've dropped five K here. I've dropped two or three K here, but 16 K we're talking about. That's a vehicle, yeah. right? That, that's, that's somebody's semester of, of, of college or something. Not even that. Well, maybe, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, and, and that goes to show too, like, I'll never forget. Maybe we need to go back and revisit some of the old books and not do full um, book reviews again, but kind of just like maybe quick Monday minis where we do some of the highlights from the, from some of the books we've done and maybe huh. some new ones because I, I'll never forget, and I need to go back and actually read how it was said exactly, but in The uh, Richest Man in Babylon, there was a whole section on the idea of opportunity and um, how it's there's not luck, but there's opportunity. And opportunity it comes to everybody, but not everybody is capable even of of taking that opportunity. You can have a great... Somebody comes and they give you all these sheep or they'll sell you these sheep for something, but if you're not ready to jump on it, and in this case, it's you know, 1200 antique coffee cans. If you're not capable of making that kind of a move of, of dropping 16,000, then you don't have that ability to make the 60,000. So it's, it's these kinds of things are out there, but not everybody's going to have the opportunity. They have the opportunity, but they won't have the ability to, to strike. So you've got to set yourself up to be in a place. I don't think luck really has nothing to do with it. Cause if, if we probably have all had opportunities like this that we either didn't recognize or couldn't capitalize on. And so the fact that Junk and Johnny um, not only saw the opportunity, but was willing to take that risk on it, that that makes this a hustle for sure. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I wonder, let us know. Uh, let us know, Johnny, when you cross where you break even. That's what I, I'm interested in. You know, I, I'm pretty sure it, it's not going to take more than a year. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> the words. I just, you know, it it makes it makes me aspire to 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 be better. You know, that's good. All right, our next one comes from Go Hustle LLC. Uh, somebody on our Discord. So they paid a dollar for a vintage T-shirt at a yard sale, listed it on eBay. It was a vintage 1997 Friday the Thirteenth Made in Hell T-shirt, uh, Jason shirt, and it was Voorhees. sold sold um on friday the 13th for 330 dollars. man what a smart thing too is if you got those things to capitalize and i talk about occasionally putting titles or listing certain things if it's like a mother's day or a father's day or even christmas white elephant type stuff but recognizing that something like friday the 13th is a good time to sell friday the 13th merchandise and if you have that kind of stuff maybe even increase the price as it gets closer to those dates yeah, or maybe it was just coincidence. I don't know, but oh, I doubt it. You know, but it, you know, it's around Halloween time too, and uh, Vintage T is still bringing good money. And uh, you know, there's a following for, I guess, Jason Voorhees. So uh, I can't believe. Anyways, I, I just at a yard sale for a dollar. You know what I mean? That that 
these hustle of weeks always motivate me to get out there every Saturday, you know? So do you, do you have a hustle of the week? No, I mean, nothing that's, um, that's like a home run. It just been, I mean, I had a pretty decent score, a local score of some Dungeons and Dragons miniatures, uh, and other Dungeons and Dragons stuff that I think will do well. Uh, I feel like, I feel like Dungeons and Dragons has really spiked in interest of people getting into it. Um, it helps that there are podcasts that are very, very successful in Dungeons and Dragons, along with the fact that there are, um, you know, COVID helped. I feel like with those things, a lot of people got into doing it digitally, um, are, are people wanting to play games with their family. And so, uh, and even the, um, what is that show? Stranger things. Mm. So all of those things has increased the, I think the number of people, I think, uh, Dungeons and Dragon has gone mainstream. Uh, but then there are those still those old school players from a long time ago that have a lot of really cool things or just really big collections. And so like anything, if you get into it, it's like, yeah, there's now new mass produced Dungeons and Dragons, everything. Um, and now with things like Etsy, you can get pretty much any miniature you can think of. But the older stuff, the stuff that's, you know, from the the 80s and early 90s. And that's the stuff that just it it does really, really well. Those old school war gaming things. And so, you know, picking up some of that stuff that's a little bit older, I know I'll do well on. Um, it's harder to come by the older stuff because because the increase people are looking through their dad's, you know, old collection of stuff in a junk box and finding it and keeping it. Um, so it's harder to come by that stuff for sure. Uh, but when you do, you can really make some money on it. Yeah, I agree. So Vine, <laughs> I always love sharing my uh, Saturday morning stories where I'm able to negotiate a good deal because I want to encourage people that the sticker price at a garage sale is not the final price. I think a lot of people, you know, initially when you're first starting this, right, you go out there and, and, you know, you kind of don't want to negotiate. Right. And then you negotiate and sometimes it doesn't work out. Uh, but there's, <laughs> where there's a will, I always believe there's a way. So I went to this garage sale and it was full of department 56. And I was like, Yes. Like it's been a long time and it wasn't, I, it wasn't, there's certain department 56 that aren't worth picking up like Dickens village, Hawthorne village, whatever it is. But there's others like, uh, I think it's called North pole or something or snow village, whatever it is. You just got to look it up. <laughs> there's just some that are worth picking up. And I would say ones that are specific to something in, in pop culture. Right. So sometimes there's department 56 that are, like baseball stadiums, like those I would pick up, right? Or sometimes there's some related to like Peanuts characters or this one was an Elvis Graceland one, okay? So I showed up and there's all this Department 56 and I, my first question to her is, how much do you want for everything here? And in my mind, I had a number of $300. She goes, 800 And I'm like, yeah, I think, I think we're too far apart, you know, but is it okay if I just pick up a few things? Right. Most people would have been like, yeah, I'm done. So then I see this Elvis Graceland thing. And I look at comps and comps are anywhere two to three hundred. And they had a price sticker of a hundred bucks. And I asked her, I said, hey, you know, I'm wondering, you know, would you work on this price? And she goes, yeah, I've been I've been here for a little bit. How about 50 bucks for it? I was like, what? <laughs> that didn't take much effort. Like I automatically got 50 percent off. And so then I said, hey, you know, I, I think I think I'm interested in that one. I think I ended up paying 40 something. I got to look at the old video, but uh, I, I decided to look at other stuff. And so I said, how about this? How about this? And uh, it, it ended up becoming this whole like I ended up I think I got a better deal by continuing to work the deal than the initial 800. Like, I think I bought half of her inventory for about 125. And what ended up happening was, you know, we got into this big conversation and and I always, you know, you and I have always said, like, it, it, it doesn't hurt to talk to people. And she had told me how she was she didn't want to look at this stuff. She really got into Department 56. It was really cool. But year after year, she got tired of hauling it all out, putting it all up. Christmas would end. She had to put it away. She's like, I just want to be done with it. And when she told me that, I, I said in my head, I'm like, she wants to sell. Like she doesn't want to have to bring this back into the garage. So I said, Hey, listen, let me help you out. Can I buy some other things? You know, if I buy a bunch, can we make a deal? She's like, sure. So I ended up buying a bunch of other department 56 items that were around 
selling price of 30 to 40. They were just figures. And I paid like five bucks for each of them. And then I bought some other kind of larger items. So I ended up paying 125 for everything. I ended up selling some of the miniature items for close to 200 bucks. And then Graceland just sold. And it sold with one of the one of the gates being broken. Uh, but everything else was complete. And the box was super worn and everything. And that one sold for $200 plus ship. So spent $125. I tripled my money in, in net profit. I still have some other pieces left. Uh, but again, it goes to show you never hurts to ask. Never hurts to make conversation. And you end up doing really well. And by the way, uh, I had I mentioned about the homies collection that I almost yeah. was able to buy? Yeah, it was that yeah. same. It was that same purchase. So, you know, I left my gift card. My gift card. <laughs> Don't leave gift cards. I left my business card there. And uh, she's going to hit me up with more Department 56. And hopefully one day I'll be buying out a homies collection. But we'll see what happens. And by the way, nice. if I hadn't mentioned uh, the people that own the homies collection didn't look like it would be my family, which would be wh- who you think would buy homies collection. It looked more like Mike's family. It would be like <laughs> like going to their home, going to your your father-in-law's house and he has a homies collection. That'd be kind of odd. What did it? Yeah. I just think it would. But anyways, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe. Come on. now. <laughs> that would be like me having a bunch of precious moments in my house. It's, okay, yeah, yeah okay, fair enough. Okay, it just wouldn't make sense. So, so anyways, ended up being a hustle of the week all around. So thank you to nice. everyone that shared. If you ever want to share a voicemail, leave us a voicemail at 619-73-1170, or you can shoot us an email, and I'm just grateful for everybody. So, hey, before we move on, um, you know what? Uh, talk about American Bowl Boy. I want to open something they sent us. I'll be right back. Whoa. All right, so. American Bubble Boy is our go-to for bubble wrap uh, b- because it is a great deal. It is high quality and it gets to you fast. It's all the three things you want. And let's be honest, you're going to be going through bubble wrap. Uh, it's one of those things. It's it's not it's not something we all love to have to spend money on shipping supplies. So if you've got to do it, you might as well get it at the best price possible and get something that's quality because uh, you're shipping the most. If you're bubble wrapping something, it's probably something you want to arrive on time. So if you want to get good, high quality bubble wrap to you within just a couple of days at an incredible price, use American Bubble Boy. They're great friends of the show. Uh, They've done great things for the reselling community. And I always love supporting, um, you know, smaller entrepreneurs as opposed to just the big box. You're going to go and buy your your bubble wrap at Walmart or something like that. Um, Help out the reselling community and, and purchase your bubble wrap through American Bubble Boy. Uh, they've been great to the community, and I promise you, you're going to love the product that you get. All right, what do you got there, Orlando? So maybe oh, we use our promo code and, and link below and all that stuff, too. Okay. So I, you should be getting a box, too, by the way. It's not just me. So I, I, I dropped, you know, your undisclosed location. So anyways, we got, can you hear me okay? Yep. Okay. So got some business cards. I got a QR code. Uh, and... Uh, and get oh let's read this card from Joel. So I I don't know is it maybe it's personal is it is, is it should you be reading it I mean maybe I mean if it's a personal gift to us as opposed to you know like hey check out the new product so but maybe but it, anyway maybe it's something coming down the road though so he just said uh, thank you for being part of the journey enjoy some of our newest products um and so I don't know maybe well this one we know okay you can always buy coffee American Bubble Boy coffee that's not the only thing. So, yes. And uh, Mike, I'm going to send this to you because you're a coffee guy. Even I am the coffee guy. You'll have more coffee in there. Uh, as always, there's... Oh, look. You know, they're going to be dropping these soon. So maybe we'll, we'll give... I, I can't see. What is it? It's a My Go-To Tape <laughs> dispenser. Oh, nice. So Very cool. My Go-To Tape. Yeah, it's not just bubble wrap. They got the tape, too. There you go. There you go. You know what? I want to um, I wanna give this away. Let's give this away. So what I'll do is if you in the comments, okay, drop why you enjoy the podcast in in the comments on YouTube. You if you're listening to the podcast, you have to go over to YouTube, okay? You have to subscribe, you have to like all that good stuff and just say why you enjoy the podcast and then next podcast Mike and I will do a uh, a raffle on the podcast for this. Yeah. Okay. I like that. It's a good idea. You like that? All right, let's see what else we got in here real quick. I know this 
Man, we got wait, what is hold on? Okay, I don't think this was <laughs> yeah, we got some syrup in there. I don't think he's selling syrup on. <laughs> maybe he is, maybe he is. All right, we got more tape. Uh some more my go-to tape. And so uh and we oh whoa. Hey come on, Orlando. Keeping it real here. Some insapacks. We got some insapacks too. Instapacks so are we'll great. Send you, we'll send you. I think I got some others too. We'll send you like four Instapacks to try out. So we'll give away two things. We'll give away, um, you know what? Yeah, we're gonna give away the tape dispenser. Do you know? Let's give away the coffee. Let's give away the coffee. Let's let's do like a Instapack and coffee. Um, instead of sending it to Mike, I'm just gonna send it to a, a lucky winner. So let's we'll do it. We'll draw two names. You'll get a dispenser, and you will get one of these and. I don't want to give away the tape because I know Joel was trying to gift us too. And so I kind of feel wrong giving away. Like that's when somebody re-gifts something. I don't think he would care, but I kind of feel feel wrong doing that. Hey, Joel, thanks so much. Uh, there were some other cool things in here too. Mike, I hope you get yours soon. And uh, yeah, American Bowl Boy, awesome company, awesome people. Have you mentioned next day, free day, uh, free day, <laughs> free next day, two day shipping, local pickup. Check them out. Link below. American Bowl Boy. Yeah. All right, let's wrap things up here. And so when should you get out of your lane? You know, yeah, we're kind of going along with what we were talking about uh, right before is you've got to put the, some of the blame on yourself. You've got to take the responsibility. You've got to do absolutely everything you can do. But just because you're taking responsibility doesn't mean you need to stay on a stinking, sinking ship, right? There, there may be a case where you've been consistent. You've done everything you're supposed to do. And it's just not working. You might, you know, if you were still trying to sell the Hawaiian shirts you were selling when you first started and that was your entire business, you'd, you'd have failed a long time ago, right? Like there's, there are times when you need to shift, you need to adapt. We are very big on the, the, the need to adapt. So please don't hear anything we said before saying don't adapt and don't be willing to change. But especially when it comes to big changes, sometimes there's a, a reason to say, hey, I've pretty much been a media seller and I'm kind of shifting out of media now and I'm moving into whatever XYZ or whatever you're specific scenario is if you can honestly say and i think that takes real reflection did i give it an honest try did i do all the things am i now putting more time and energy for less and less and i could shift to something else and see the profits i used to see before then 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 make that change you know the the problem is there's not an easy answer alano and mike can't say hey change at this point. Don't change at this point. You've got to be able to look at your own business and say, I've done everything. I've tried everything. I've been consistent and I need to change versus, you know, maybe, maybe I do need to try a little bit more. So you got to do that self-reflection on your own. But if you have been consistent and it's not working, don't go down with the ship and just say like, I will never change what I do. Yeah, no. That's just stubbornness. <laughs> that, that's not good at all. Now, if there is a bigger, if there's a bigger and better opportunity that you for sure know you can do well, right? Maybe it's out of your lane, right? Maybe it's, you know, you come across a collection of, I don't know, let me throw something out there of vintage instru instruments, right? I don't sell instruments at all, right? I am, that is the one thing I, I would never attempt to sell. But let's say, you know, I, I've been in education for a while and one of my former music teachers, approaches me and says, Hey, Orlando, I had this collection. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking to sell it. Maybe he wants to, or she wants to consign it and the money's good. Maybe it's okay to change lanes, right? Maybe it's okay to adapt. I, that, that, that was my recent experience, uh, with uh, Volkswagen engine parts. I've never sold uh, anything <laughs> that has to do with car parts and the opportunity came. I got it on my lane. I listed it. I didn't even know what I was listing. I had to actually message him for specifications because all these you know vw uh people that know about engines were messaging me and i had to say hey can you don't tell me what the specifications are here and here and here and it all worked out and it was good it was a great opportunity so now i'm able to consign and i'm able to make a decent profit and so it was worth it for me to get out of my lane even though during this time it's like hi do you want to do that but th there was no risk right the, i didn't pay for it it was consigned we split, right, the 50-50 the after the fees and so and then up working out. So if an opportunity that's really good like that ends up showing up, it's definitely uh, worth doing. That's oh. right. Uh, the next one is sometimes, um, I, I, even though I'm a big proponent of discipline, 
if you get to a point where you have no drive, there's no life in it at all, it could be that you're just doing the wrong thing. Like uh, I'll use, I think things like fitness and nutrition are great examples, analogies for stuff, because I think most people can relate in some way or another uh, to, you know, trying to diet or trying to get healthy. And the the challenge of discipline plays in that and, and the benefits that come from it. And the same thing is with like the work that you do. And, you know, from my personal experience, I've done mar- half marathons in the past. I've run in the past. I've done calisthenics in the past. And I don't really love that kind of fitness. Now, fitness is very important to me. Being fit and being healthy is very important to me. So I know I need to be disciplined there. But I love weightlifting. And, and every morning when I wake up, I don't I'm not like always super excited to get out of bed and go lift weights. But I have much more drive to do that than if I had to go out and run every morning or just go out and do some calisthenics, even though that I could be, I don't think as equally healthy calisthenics maybe, but I, I think weightlifting is better in my opinion than, than just running. But, but if you're just trying to be healthy, then you can be disciplined and have drive in something else in that same realm. And the same thing goes with reselling is you might be like, I just can't, I can't test one more VCR. I can't do it. I hate it. It's light. It drains the life out of me. So just being disciplined for the sake of discipline could be silly if it's like, I actually would maybe really enjoy going through vintage books and kind of reading, you know, through them and finding the histories about them. And I can make just as much as I'm making on my VCRs and, and have some, some enjoyment with that. And so there are still going to be times when you've got tons of books you don't love and it's just your bread and butter stuff. And so you still have to have that discipline but if you've got absolutely zero drive, if it if it's not just not life giving, but it's draining your life, if it's not enjoyable at all, then yeah, it might be time to switch lanes. You you can still be disciplined in reselling, but just switch what it is you're reselling. Uh, don't again, don't stay on a sinking ship. Like there's no point. It's better for you to move on to something else than to give up reselling completely just because you're so stuck on what it was you were reselling. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Now. This next one, you know, I'm just keeping it real. It, it may be time. Maybe it, maybe this time of reselling or whatever you were reselling was only for a season, right? Maybe, you know, there was a, there was a moment. So, for example, uh, I was into Hawaiian shirts like crazy in the sense that it was the easiest thing to pick up back in the day. I made a ton of money. I had connections. I still have suppliers for Hawaiian shirts, but it just it's not working anymore. I'll sell some. I just recently sold some for good money. Uh, but I realized that that in the end, like it was it was like a temporary thing, like the, the trend had ended. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, people aren't still looking at, you know, at the end of spring as we get into summer and stuff like that. But it's just it was only for a season. Right. Uh, I also, you know, video games right now, video games are continually going down. Uh, and now the vintage, super hard to find you know, boxes and, and games. Yeah, those are still be valuable, but just for a season, cards right now, cards are are tanking. Right now, there are some cards that are worth money, but maybe it was for a season. So it may be time to get out of that lane. Uh, you know, it, it, it's pretty awesome Um, if in our comments, I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before that we dropped, there were people that had over 100,000 listings and there were card sellers. And they were saying, you know, you guys, you guys are right. We, I used to sell cards individually all day long. And now I realize the market has changed and now I just end up selling lots. So I just sell a bunch of lots together and it, it's worked out. And so the season of being able to sell those individual cards and getting a little uncomfortable and just saying, you know what? There was a time and maybe I could hold out, but I need to keep making sales it was that time. And so they decided to switch things up, you know, and make these lots. And now they're going, whoa, this is way better. I, I'm, you know, I'm working less. I'm making more. It was definitely worth my time. I couldn't imagine 100,000 listings. That, that is, yeah, that is wild. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty insane. But a lot of times with things like that with cards, though, a lot of them are probably quantity, um, like, mm, yeah, you know, yeah. one card and there's like 50 of them and another card. So, um, but even still like that's still a lot of processing. It's a lot of inventory management to do. Uh, and I know those types of card sellers, like when I was playing magic, the gathering a little bit more heavily, um, when new sets would come out, people would buy boxes and boxes in order to basically hunt for the rare cards or 
and whatever it is they were doing. And so sellers would be able to sell entire sets of every single uncommon and common, like whole play sets, so four of each. Mm. So you're talking, I'd get like seven, 800 cards for $35. Whereas if I tried to buy those cards individually, I'd be paying a lot more, but nobody's buying those cards individually because some of those cards I don't want and need, but you just buy it in a set. And so, yeah, it is worth it for, and, and again, that's maybe a little more specific than we're trying to go with this idea, but yeah, Things, things go for a season and it's just important to know that um, things change. You need to be willing to adapt. We think it's important to stay in your lane at times, uh, but also don't be so rigid that you can't, you can't move. I mean, the best, the best is like a tree that can move in the wind, right? There's a little bit of, of flexibility. If it's too rigid, it's going to break, it's going to fall. And so you need to be sturdy. You need to be rooted in what you're doing, but you also need to have a little bit of give as things change, as seasons change, um, whether it's whether it's more of a short-term seasonal change, maybe your store looks different in the winter than it does in the summer, the types of things you're sourcing and selling, or maybe it's a longer seasonal thing. Maybe your store looks different five years ago than it does today because trends have changed. So be willing to adapt, be willing to change, uh, but make sure you do it with all of the decisions, all of the factors in place where you know what you're doing and you're not, you're not chasing the next, uh, the next big score. Like if you're always chasing, always chasing, then you're probably just chasing the wind. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's just best to stay in your lane. So hopefully uh, this episode brought a lot of things for you to reflect on, a lot of things to think about, or just, you know, keep us in the background playing while you end up hustling more listings. With that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Thanks. Peace. Peace.